Arizona sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers. Now. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. First hour flew by, Wolf. That kind of felt like uh, basketball therapy, at least for me. You feel better, yeah. Um, I don't know if I feel better. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's just good to you, talk you about just, it. Yeah, you get it off your back, so to speak. Well, along those lines, we're going to do a listeners-only meeting in about 10 minutes. Okay? Oh, okay. The listeners of the Basin, I'm sure, all fired up. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> judging by what I've heard and what I've seen on social media. Suns fans have some stuff to uh, say, so 602 eight seven zero we'll take those calls in about 10 minutes where your concern level is right now and why um the other part of this equation wolf and this is the the great unknown with this sun's team we haven't seen how they respond to i don't want to say adversity because the kevin durant injury and warm-ups a few weeks ago was adversity (laughs) we haven't seen how they've responded to a loss (laughs) Yet with Kevin Durant. We haven't seen how, okay, here's your lineup. You got KD, you got Booker, you got basically everybody healthy except campaign. We haven't seen that happen where it all added up to a loss. And then the next game, how do they respond? That's the question now. No, you're right about that. Um, It's not just a loss, though. It's not just any old loss. It's not just, uh, you know, game number 80 that you lost. This is why you'd like to play like 20 games together and you're probably going to lose a few regular season games. Yeah, it'd be nice to get that out of the way. That wasn't a playoff game, especially game one of a series. Again, I can't can't stress that enough. I'm a big believer in starts. Anybody that has listened to me over the last two decades, you know how important I think starts are. Especially in games. The the beginning of a game and how critical it is in the first quarter. Whether it's football, baseball, whatever it may be. Basketball. The start, I think, is is really important. Now, it's not, a, it's not an end-all, be-all. Of course not. It isn't. But I think getting off to a good start, whether it's a game or getting off to a good start in a series, I think is so important. And I think also, too, for the Phoenix Suns, it's a good thing because they are one of the favorites in the West to come out of the West. A lot of people thought the Phoenix Suns yeah, were going to be one of the favorites. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, go ahead and check those Let me have to Take a look at those because, I mean, everything's up in the air, but obviously Denver went out there and won their game, and I'm sure the Lakers have moved up uh, in terms of odds. That stuff doesn't really matter because it is a best of seven, but to your point on starting uh, quickly, this is the first time they had the stat during the game, the first time in the – Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton era, where they've lost game one of a That's series. exactly right. Yes. So we're going to see now so, how they respond. Oh, uh, this feels weird, man. This is different, right? This is, this is weird, especially with Kevin Durant now, because we haven't even lost a game with Kevin Durant in the lineup. Guess what? It's a great reminder to every pro that is in that locker room for the Suns. It's supposed to be hard. This is the playoffs, man. This is going to be physical. It's going to be hard. It's supposed to be. So engage it and embrace it. And I think we're going to see a different Phoenix Suns team come out in that first quarter in Game 2. Still the favorites to win the West, according to FanDuel. I just looked one second ago. Um, this is where I think Kevin Durant in particular it, it comes up big. And I would say yesterday's game was sort of a microcosm of it because in the first 
quarter of that game and even inching into the second quarter, it felt like not as bad as Game 7 last year or Game 6, but kind of going down that path. All of a sudden, the Suns are just down by double digits, and they're kind of looking around like, wait, we were supposed to win and we're losing. What do we do? And then KD scored 17 points in a quarter. So that, to me, was the microcosm of it. The bigger thing now is you have lost Game 1 in a series for the first time with this group, with the Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton group. Last year, when they faced adversity, they completely folded. Now, Kevin Durant has been in those positions before, and and his team has obviously won titles. Here he is talking about the fact that you don't overreact to one game. It's a long series. We know that anything can happen in playoffs, so we guarantee he play another game, so we just got to go back to the drawing board. And Booker as well. I mean, no matter what year I'm in or how many times I do it, you know, I think it's going to be a roller coaster. Um, even thinking back to my first one, like every loss is, you know, the worst thing ever, and every win, you're gonna win the rest of them. Uh, that's just how the playoffs go. This is why the better teams usually win, because you just have to win four out of seven. Yeah. Which really, when you take a step back, that's not some amazing winning percentage. But the problem now, Wolf, is you've got to win four out of six. You know, one of the things I did appreciate about playing 10 years in the National Football League and never playing for a winning team, Basinonians, one of the things that I do appreciate, even to this day, and did back then, is it never changed my approach, ever. It was never going to ever change my approach, and as a pro, I, all I could think of, Basin Onions, is this is what you're all about. You're not about, I love a parade, give me the baton. You're not about that. You're about, I'm going to brawl you, even when it looks as bleak as bleak can possibly be. That, that to me, challenged me. And, and, and my brothers, I was not alone in that. Oh my goodness, I was not alone. There were so many other guys that felt exactly the same way. They just weren't very talented, kind of like me. So we would knock the living dog out of you, but we wouldn't beat you. The Suns are incredibly talented. Yet, I want every guy, and I'm hoping with the guys they have inside that locker room, just listening to KD, knowing D-Book, CP3, listening to these pros, this is what I'm all about, right, Book? This is what I'm all about, right, Chris? This is what we're about. Man, He, you just, adversity and weathering the storm. And and persevering, this is what we're all about. It's a great reminder to why you play the game, what you're about, and why you play it. It's a great reminder. Well, there's no way to go through the NBA playoffs and win the whole thing without facing adversity. Yes. And, I, and anybody that's just turning the radio on right now, it, it just heard those three seconds. They're like, oh, you're going to find a silver lining in this loss, and I'm not. But I'm saying that they were going to have to bounce back from losses at some point. Now, I would prefer that it would have been, hey, they were up 3-0, and they lost game <laughs> they four. They game, dang it. So they came back and won game five. Uh, you, I guess we're going to find <laughs> out sooner than, uh, than uh, any of us hoped for, but... You are down 1-0. I still think you win the series. You go down 2-0, and things get real dicey because they do have Kawhi Leonard. And as you said earlier, Wolf, you've just fed the Clippers a bunch of confidence. Yeah. We got KD. Ain't that something? Right. Like, wouldn't you love to see, you know. Wouldn't you love to see him get some shots in the fourth quarter? We, we lost game four. 
ain't that something? You know, we were up 3-0. Ain't that something? You know, I, you, you get my point. Um, yes. Yeah, it would have been nice to actually lose that. Game one, this is it. Okay, this is it. And this is the reason why I... You know, the Clippers were going to come in and they were going to be physical. They were going to poke. They were going to prod. I think it only gets worse in game two. Can yeah. I tell you that? Well, you've you've empowered them. Whether you, and I tweeted this out last night. You know, the Suns gave this game away, and people were like, "No, you got to give the Clippers some credit." I don't mean the Clippers didn't play well enough to win. I just meant in the last minute, and really probably the last few minutes, the Suns did a lot of what the Clippers wanted them to do and made their job easier. Uh, score the hottest ticket in town: Suns playoff tickets. Just text ticket to six twenty six twenty. Register and listen for your name today during the twelve o'clock and five o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for game two tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers tomorrow night again. And that's ticket to 620-620. When we come back, it is your turn. Listeners only meeting. What is your biggest concern after game one? Give us a call. 602-260-9870. Listeners only meeting next on Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. The local sports league. Bring it! Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. All right, I'm guessing people have some stuff to say, Wolf, and I already see some names. So let's just start taking calls. You want to? Sounds good. It's one game. We're all frustrated, but it is just one game. Let's go out to the phones for a listeners-only meeting and start with John in Santan. John, what's going on? You're on the Wolf and Luke Show. Yeah, I'd like to just say that I don't understand why Josh Okogie, I think that's his name, he brings so much energy, why he isn't starting and playing the minutes of the other guy, uh, because he likes to drive to the hole, and in the playoffs, you can't stand around, and we're not a great shooting three-point team anyways. We need to drive to the basket and kick it out for the three-point shot. And during that game, we just passed it around and passed it around. And in the last five minutes, if I'm a coach, I'm telling my players, you, 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 and you don't even attempt a shot. It's only KD and Booker. That's why we're paying them. We're gonna, they're going to take us to the finals and win it. And if we don't win it this year with them, I, I've been a, I'm a native of Arizona, and I saw the 1976 Boston game. I don't know when we're going to win it, but you've got to let your horses take you all the way. Thank you. Thanks, John. I uh, appreciate the call. Look, uh, the, the Akogi not starting after starting most of these games down the stretch with this group is, is one thing, and, and we can, we're certainly going to get into that uh, more next segment. But what he said there at the end, like you, what makes you so good is you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. So I get that other guys are going to take a few shots down the stretch, but <laughs> Kevin Durant is like we always used to say with Larry Fitzgerald. He looks covered, but he isn't. Just yeah, in the ball, he'll catch right. it. And maybe KD has a guy. He'll still just shoot over him. He's taller than everybody that's yeah. playing out there on the on the perimeter. Yeah, I was a little surprised as well that J.O. wasn't out there with the starting five. But, you know, once again, as long as he gets his minutes... But I didn't see seven minutes being played by Josh Akogi. Yeah, that was, I was a little surprised. That was by weird because he 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 really seems to complement the the core four on this team very yes. well. And not only that, I think in this series with the physicality of this series, 
um, maybe we'll see those minutes rise quickly. I also don't know that you can go 11 deep in a playoff game, but we'll get into all that in a little bit. Let's go back out to the phones. Brad in Mesa. Brad, what's going on? How's it going? Just a big fan of your guys' show. My biggest worry with the Suns right now is just how much more physical the Clippers looked yesterday. You have Russell Westbrook, who's way smaller than D.A. D.A.'s got to be getting those rebounds. I mean, seriously, it is a huge issue, and we've we've seen it where he can he can pull out the physicality, but you lose at home your first game of a playoff series. I mean, also, it's it's got to be mentally draining for like Book was saying last night how mentally drained he was and how much of a mental roller coaster it is. If you lose two games, they might be in for a rough a rough playoff series. That's that's what I got. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know what, Brad? I honestly, I, I think the Suns are in for a rough series regardless. I, I think they win the series because they've got better talent. And in the end, especially when you're talking about a seven-game series, the talent, usually it comes at the top, man. The cream also rises, does it not? The talent matters in win series over a seven game series more time than not but having said that it's going to be a rough road you know go back to the conversation last week of would you rather play the clippers or the warriors in the first round and i still think you have to give the warriors the respect of of who they are and what they do but i do wonder on some level if the suns match up better with more of a just finesse shooting team like that than they do like this physical sort of play seems to it seems to knock them off their game pretty um more easily than than you would hope. 602-260-9870. Number into the show. Let's go out to uh, Jeremy in Scottsdale. Jeremy, what's going on? Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'd like to, first of all, agree with what Luke just said there. You know, I've noticed consistently, basically all the way back since the 2021 playoffs, when they're under any kind of pressure, they start playing sloppy and stiff-armed out there and taking ill-advised shots and losing the ball, turnover central. So that's one thing. I mean, I can go on for days, but I only have a limited amount of time. The, The one... I guess, key thing that I took away from not only yesterday, but basically since KD has been here is, um, well, first of all, you know, I don't want to chastise the guy. It's his first playoff game in a Suns uniform. I think he'll come around. I think he'll eventually be consistent. But the, the, the one consistent thing that I've seen since day one, since he's been here, is these slow starts to games, often falling behind and then relying on the comeback in the final minutes. This is playoff basketball against a team stacked with veterans and future Hall of Famers. They can't come out like that. And and KD taking these ill-advised shots when he's double, triple covered, things like that. I mean, he's just got to get better just being KD, you know. And I believe the rest will definitely fall into place. All the other players will beat off of him. Thank you for taking my call, guys. Yeah, no, thank you, bro. I really appreciate your call there, Jeremy, uh, and your even tone as well. But can I just disagree with you respectfully? In regard to Kevin Durant, um, I do I want him to be more assertive, more aggressive, especially late in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I definitely do. And um, yet at the same time, that that has got to be something where the coach is on board with that, where the entire team is on board with that, and they understand it very much like Devin Booker as well. But when I look at KD, I man, I thought he was good. 
I, okay, maybe he didn't have the shooting percentage that we expect from but it, him. But again, he started 0 for 5. So from that point on, right? he's 7 of 10. Right. He, he was a rebound away from a triple-double. And yeah. just watching him go out there and play, I, I didn't think it was Kevin Durant that was really the issue. I thought it was the rebounding. That was the issue. Uh, let's back out to the phones. Let's go to Dave in Phoenix. Dave, you're on the Wolf and Luke Show. Hey, uh, you made a great point there, Wolf. I think that Kevin Durant needs to have the ball in his hands more. Um, I think he should have been bringing, bringing the ball up. Uh, that's one. Um, do you guys remember when uh, D-Wade kind of passed the baton to LeBron um, when when they were in uh, um, in Miami? I yeah. think that's what needs to happen, right? I think um, Book needs to pass the baton to, um, to Kevin Durant. Secondly, um, we really have no depth behind Yay. I don't know if you guys saw, but it looked like the offense flowed better when DA was on the floor as opposed to, as opposed to when he wasn't. Um, but those are my thoughts. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, we'll get back into the DA conversation, too. At least for me, I'm not saying they lost this game because of DeAndre Ayton yesterday. It's just that he was kind of the guy that could have saved them there in the final minute, and and it just didn't happen. Uh, Back out to the phones again. Let's go to Sean in Phoenix. Sean, what's going on? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. What's up, Sean? Hey, so I'm going to talk about the bench a little bit. And I don't want to dog on any player, but in what world is Chip Landry Shamrock playing 24 minutes in? Like, what has he proven to to deserve that much time? Like, what happened to T.J. Warren? He was playing good ball before he got sick, and then we didn't even see him at all last night. And he's a little bit bigger than Shamrock, I think. And he's a decent defender, and he can get rebounds. So I don't really understand. But hopefully campaign comes back tomorrow to, to, to speed the pace up a little bit so it kind of wears down the Clippers, so maybe at the end of the game they're a little bit more tired. So that's all I got. I got a birthday tomorrow, so let's get that win. Alright, sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Alright, hopefully the Suns heard that. You gotta win for Sean's birthday, if nothing else. Yeah. yeah. For me right now, when I think of Landry Shaman, I think of a guy that the Suns believe and Monty believes is a better defender than T.J. Warren, of course, and a guy who can still shoot the three. Uh, I think Landry Shaman is a guy they've been waiting on to some degree. Um, having said that, I, I think I have to agree with Luke. I'm really surprised they played 11 guys. Yeah. 11 guys? 11 that, guys. Yeah, that's, and, and TJ that's Warren. surprising right there. And I think we'll see that whittled down considerably going into game two. TJ Warren and Damian Lee weren't even any of those 11 guys. We're going to get into the bench in a second. I, I, let's take one more call. Let's go out to uh, John in Mesa. John, what's up? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Um, to begin with, I want to start with, I agree with the last caller. Where has T.J. Warren been? He was the guy. He's a much bigger guy. He's a guy who could shoot. He's an adequate defender. But my concern is if we win this series, we are still going to come across in the next round as a soft rebounding team. What happened to D.A.'s heart? And all I can say is, Though I agree with with Wolf that uh, ability will win out, heart does mm-hmm. make a difference. As as we found out with the 2001 D-backs, they weren't the better team, but they had the deep heart. And if we want to move past the sec to the second round and on to the conference championship, we have to show heart, and we got to rebound the ball. 
Thank you. John, very well said. Appreciate it and appreciate all the calls. I'm sure we'll be doing this again throughout the playoffs, but um, sorry we didn't get to everybody there. You can text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And speaking of the bench, the Suns didn't get any production off the bench. So why did they go with an 11-man rotation in Game 1? And will they change it for Game 2? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. All right, so there's a few different ways to to feel coming out of that game yesterday, Wolf. There's there's and we're, we got some of them. Those were all great calls last segment. We did listeners only meeting. I'm sure we'll be doing that more and more throughout the playoffs. But you have the group. And I think they're both right, actually. You have the group that's like, hey, they need more out of KD and Booker. Like, these guys got to be able to carry in a game like that. Now, my argument would be they they have to allow KD some shots, too. He can't be taken two in the last nine minutes of the game. But there's the group that looks and says, they got to get more from their, their two best players. And then there's the other group that's like, well, you can't score 10 points off the bench in a game and expect to win in the playoffs. They got outscored 34 to 10 in, in bench scoring yesterday. And the Clippers used four guys off the bench. The Suns used six, and one of those six was Josh Okogie, who, as you pointed out before, only played seven minutes. Yeah, I, it, was, it was just curious to make dramatic changes going into a playoff game. Yeah, you know, I, it was a problem, of course. We all thought that the bench was going to be a huge question mark for the Suns in the postseason. And how well that bench was going to play. That was going to matter an awful lot for the Phoenix Suns. And one thing we know in game one, and it's only one game, but the bench was bad. Ron yeah. Wolfley reported. Yeah. No, I mean, look, we, we talked about this. Everybody talked about this last week. Your concern, even the, the final week of the regular season, your concern was: has this team? Well, if I can go back more than two weeks, how many how how many times have I said over the last two months the biggest thing is does Monty Williams have enough time to figure out the rotations yes. around Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton? And based on what we saw yesterday, I think the answer is no. He hasn't had enough time because it felt like yesterday was a learning experience and that's great except it was also a playoff game so that's not going to work Look, KD played 45 minutes Booker played 43 it's not like it ate into their minutes but here's your bench scoring it's just your bench stats okay <laughs> oh, no Ish Wainwright played zero points okay. Josh Okogie played zero points Bismack played two points Jock Landale played four points Landry Shamit played 24 minutes, four points. Terrence Ross, uh, zero points. And, and no, none of those guys played more than seven minutes. Uh, Jock Landale played eight, but then Shamit did play 24. Yes. So he was almost playing starters minutes. Yeah, you know, and they got outscored. The bench for the Suns, of course, got outscored 34 to 10, I believe. Yeah. And all I could think of was, was Kendrick Perkins. I'm sorry. That's all. <laughs> Kendrick Perkins, he was talking about it and the bench, and he, he didn't think the Suns were capable of winning series that were going to be very, very important because of their bench. That's what he pointed out. As a matter of fact, he picked the Clippers, the one analyst that I know of. 
that actually picked the Clippers to win the series. Yeah, he's he's the only one I I can think of. I'm sure there were others, but he's the only one that I remember going into Game One that was like, oh yeah, the Clippers are going to win the series. As far as Josh Okoge, here's Monty Williams post game on that decision. Yeah, Tori and Ish have uh, you know done well against guys like that. Now nobody can stop uh, Kawhi. Um, but at the same time, we feel like you know putting size on him gives you a chance. But they they screen the size off of him a lot, and so you're if you go back and hit him or blitz him, then you're in rotations. And here's uh, Monty on on the uh, the starters minutes. Yeah, the minutes are going to go up for the guys who play a ton. Um, you know, we're trying to match up and keep size on Kawhi as best we can, but we also have attention on Powell and Gordon, and so a lot of it was getting some defensive guys on on. Uh, Powell and Gordon along with Kawhi Uh, but I think I could have given Terrence a a longer run tonight just to get us somebody who can knock down the shot and space the floor see to me right now I'm a little worried I'm a little concerned based on what I saw last night because the bench basically looked worse than they even produced and they didn't produce an awful lot Um, certain guys looked unsure Unconfident on everything for the most part. Landale looked okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? He did, but like, there, were, there were a couple of times he pulled he, he pulled the string on a couple of his shots. Well, no, I'm not saying he looked um, good. I'm just saying of the six bench players that played, yeah, he would probably get yeah. a C minus, okay. which would be the best of the group. Yeah, it just you know going into the fourth quarter, it was tied up 81-81, and I wrote it down on my notes. And here's the bench. This is going to be an important few minutes here for the Phoenix Suns. And it went south on them. Yeah. And that was the problem. One of the problems. I I hate second-guessing an NBA head coach who's a good head coach. Monty Williams is a very good NBA head coach. Indeed. Uh, But... Like I hear what he's saying Monty about be the first one to tell you he might be second guessing. Uh, I'm sure himself. he is second guessing himself, uh, but like I hear what he's saying there of like okay, well we didn't go with the Kogi, we went with Tory Craig. Tory Craig, who by the way had what 22 points in this game, like offensively he was he was good. Yes, but but to to change things up, well we liked the matchups better, and this is something that had been talked about for two weeks leading up to the playoffs. That fifth starter might be more of a matchup based thing. I'm not even so concerned with that. It's just how does a Kogi go from playing a key role to playing seven minutes. Why are you playing six guys off the bench? And none of them really played enough to get into any sort of rhythm, like you said right there about Terrence Ross. But four minutes, got to take one shot. Like, he's not going to, what's he going to catch fire on one shot? But I, I get that you want to you want to be cognizant of which team mm-hmm. you're playing against. But Wolf, this, Phoenix is the team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Let the other team, when do they have to start adjusting to us instead of the other way around? When does the series, I don't, the series starts with the Suns adjusting to the Clippers? We're the team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Now I get it. You have to adjust because you're down 1 0 and, and you, you can't just keep doing the same thing. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm with you on that one right there. The The bench has got to play so much better going forward. That is going to be an ongoing story for the Phoenix Suns. It, not just this series, unfortunately. And I do believe, again, the Suns are going to win the series still. I believe that. But this is going to be an ongoing story, an ongoing event for the Phoenix Suns. They've got to come to some type of rotation resolution, I think. Um, and that's that's only going to be done trial by fire. 
And I think we'll get our answers, but we're not going to have them today, Luke. No, here's Kevin Durant post game on the bench. Yeah, just get be aggressive, make quick decisions. I think once we, like I said, get stops and get out and run, I think that's the best version of our team. So I think everybody can benefit from boxing out, getting out, get to get to the glass and pushing the pace. Uh, he did talk about uh, Tory Craig as well. Tory Craig, who, who was part of, I know this is getting lost in the shuffle because they lost the game. That steal by Devin Booker, where he's like flying out of bounds and then is able to throw the pass to Torrey Craig. That, one that's of what the cut most it. incredible plays I've ever seen. In the end, one to take it from yes. 196 to 199. Um, yeah, that was that was remarkable. Here's Katie on on Torrey Craig. Yeah, he played great ball, great ball. You know, leave him open. He knocked down shots, being aggressive um, on the defensive side of the ball. He had five fouls, but I like his aggressiveness. He moved the ball um, pretty well. You know, he's, he got out of transition, so I think he played I like what Katie was talking about earlier, though. Push the pace. Mm-hmm. Push the pace. Don't let the Clippers set their defense. Don't don't let them do that. I think the Suns have got to do a much better job in transition of pushing the pace. Score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text TICKET to 620-620. Register and then listen for your name today during the noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 2 tickets. See the Suns take on the Clippers tomorrow night. That's TICKET to 620-620. All right, we come back. It's just one game, but... How big of an X factor was Russell Westbrook in that game last night? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. Boy, the timing here is eerie. I'm looking up on one of these TVs in the studio, Wolf, and they've managed to take a few seconds away from talking about how the Lakers won the title by winning game one against Memphis to show West, Russell Westbrook uh, walking into Footprint Center yesterday. But he he was the X factor, at least in game one, as Kellen Olsen predicted he might be for the entire series in that uh, preview piece last week. It wasn't. It wasn't his shooting. He was three of nineteen. That's not ideal. What is that about fifteen percent from the field? But uh, how disruptive he was on some of these shots, specifically even you know Devin Booker early in the game. And I keep throwing that stat out from uh, from the final nine minutes where Kevin Durant only attempted two shots. Uh, in those final nine minutes, Russell Westbrook blocked two shots as well. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. When you looked at his stat line, um, this is a guy who shot 3 of 19 from the floor. Yeah. Right? I'm going to do the math on that real I quick. I mean, that's, that's Russell Westbrook right there, 3 of 19. I, I don't know if he's ever shot worse. 158, shooting 158 uh, from the field and taking a lot of shots, too. you got to be kidding me. It was like you could see the Suns, too. They were encouraging him. Go ahead. <laughs> this is Russell Westbrook. And yet it was kind of like, hey, back off him. Don't let him put the ball on the floor, if you know what I mean. Make sure he's pulling up. Keep your body between him and the basket. Dude was 3-19 of from the floor and may have been the Clippers' best player on the floor. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly Kawhi with his 38, but the disruptiveness that Russell Westbrook brought defensively, and you know, defensive stats are always, it's hit or miss if they really capture the moment, right? He had three blocks and two steals, which are good numbers. But it was just, it, it, it was his disruptiveness across the board. He almost had a triple-double, actually. See, I mean, you know, that's why I'm saying it a little facetiously in regard to may have been their best player on the floor, but... He was the difference maker. That's what I'm talking 
talking about the difference. Now, of course, they don't win this game if Kawhi doesn't go out and score 38. Yeah. They don't win the game. It, but, man, he had so much impact for a guy who only had nine points, Russell Westbrook. He had 11 boards and eight assists <laughs> and two steals and three blocks. As you said, he was all over the floor and made critical plays at critical junctures in this game. So, um, you know, it's it's amazing because you had Kellen Olsen, of course, killer, talking about, as you said already, who's the X factor of this series, and he said Russell Westbrook. Now, he didn't see him being a defensive juggernaut, but he made the difference, no doubt. The five offensive rebounds, too. I mean, that's that's just brutal. That's that he was able to do that. That he basically had as many offensive rebounds as one player, as the Phoenix Suns did as a team, is just yeah. I mean, he was such a disruptive force. Here's Ty Lue after the game. Um, I told him, been, you know, during the game, I think it might. I'm not sure if it was second or third quarter, maybe late second. That. Um, your score is not that important. Like, don't get frustrated with, you know, missing shots. You know, take good shots, take the right shots, but you bring us way more than just scoring the basketball. So don't let, don't let that affect your game. And, you know, defensively, he was great on KD. I thought his physicality was good. He got a few offensive rebounds at the end of the game. We kept the ball alive. We got some more possessions. And the big stop on book at the end, you know. And so um, don't get discouraged about making shots or missing shots because you bring way more to this team than just making shots. And I thought he was phenomenal tonight. Wow. Why'd you have to go and tell him that, Ty? I know. Why couldn't right you just there, be like, low. couldn't you be like, if you can't start hitting shots, we're going to have to fold the franchise. No pressure. Instead, yeah. he's like, no, just go out there and, and win the game other ways. It's just, it's kind of so cool to see on one hand. Can I say that? I wish it, I wish I was saying this because Russell Westbrook played somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> he had that game okay. against the Lakers or just something. Please yeah. excuse me. Right. <laughs> if he would have done it against somebody else other than the Suns. But it was kind of cool to see this guy that has got this unbelievable reputation as being a scorer of the basketball, Russell Westbrook, go out and actually be anything but and yet impact the game in spades the way that he did. Russell Westbrook. I don't know if I've ever seen a Russell Westbrook game like this. His reputation. I've seen him play a ton. I don't know about you, Luke, but I've never seen him play this way and impact the game this much on the defensive end of the floor. Because his reputation is the 3 of 19 part of it, where Russ can't hit a shot, but he's just going to keep taking them. That's his reputation. His reputation earlier in the year was he was one of the best younger players well, in, or in his career. basketball, too. Yeah, but his, his reputation earlier in his career was he was one of the best young players in the league and the triple-double guy and MVP at one point, but it has swung to, oh yeah, he's terrible, and he's not terrible. But the 3 of 19 is, if you're an opponent, what you're counting on. If, if he's not making the shots, he'll just keep taking them, and he'll keep missing them. He has no conscience in that regard. But you're right, I, I don't remember... Certainly not consistently him doing what he did defensively to the Suns yesterday. And you could tell it disrupted them quite a bit, including the the, the block on Devin Booker late. Here's Russell Westbrook. Just awareness, man, and uh, trying to make winning plays, uh, not giving up easy. I know they want to try to go quick, too, uh, but just not giving in and not giving up an easy two. And uh, being aware of the baseline, it's just 
um, a little bit of luck, but also just being aware of kind of what's going on. I just didn't want to give these guys life in game one. You yeah. know, I, I made this comment earlier. It, yeah. it, it's kind of along the lines of what you're saying. Russell Westbrook doing this would be cool if it was against somebody else. I don't want to be on the other end of the Russell Westbrook redemption tour. I don't. He can figure <laughs> it out next year. I, I'm tired of making other teams feel better about themselves in the playoffs. I don't. It's just like I didn't need to see. Davis Bertons get his shooting touch back last year in the playoffs against the Suns, or Max Kleba looked like he was a, a future All Star. No, you figured out against somebody else. I don't need Russell Westbrook to get back on track against the Suns. And yesterday, in a in a unique way, it felt like he did. I I have to tell you that uh, once again, coming into this series, anybody that had listened to the show last week, you know exactly where I was on this. I, I thought the Clippers were going to come in and they were going to be physical. I thought they were going to come in and they were going to poke the Suns, metaphorically speaking, right in the eyeball and say, all right, we know you're more talented than we are, but man, you're not nearly as tough as we are. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to find out if you are. I never thought, I never thought that Russell Westbrook would be the tip of the spear of that truth in game one. Never. Never. And he was. Here's Brian Windhorst uh, on ESPN this morning talking about a terrible statistical game for Russell Westbrook, but making up for it in the clutch. It's one of the more confounding performances I can ever remember watching in a playoff game. I mean, he was 3 of 19 shooting, committed some really strange um, decisions on offense. Uh, But my gosh, did he hustle and make plays all over the court on defense. This this game is coming down to the final moments. He's 3 of 19, and he decides to go to the basket and shoot. I mean, my mouth dropped open. I couldn't even believe he was doing it. He gets fouled and hits two incredibly tough pressure free throws, then comes out at the other end and clinches the game with another jaw-dropping defensive play. (laughs) Apparently, we were not alone in our assessment. No, it's kind of an odd game. Now, how sustainable is it? You know, because when we had Kellen on last week, he pointed out Russell Westbrook. When we were talking to him about his story where Russell Westbrook was going to be the X Factor, the, the one thing he said was the Clippers have depth, but they're also kind of being forced to use that depth up because Paul George isn't playing. So can Russell Westbrook be that big of a difference maker for the Clippers in the clutch consistently over the course of a seven-game series, you know, we'll see. Because on on the one hand, you could look and say, well, he made a difference and he shot horribly. He'll probably never shoot that badly again. But on the other hand, you could look and say, but if he does, he's going to keep taking shots and being horribly inefficient on offense, too. So it just... it, the Suns can't let it come down to intangibles. They are the more talented team. They should they should not be letting it come down they, to that. They are the more talented team. But once again, going back to the point I was talking about, this series being physical and Russell Westbrook suddenly becoming the tip of the spear for the Los Angeles Clippers and how physical and defensive-minded maybe this series is going to be. For me right now, the one thing I will marvel at and continue you to marvel at is Russell Westbrook in his athleticism. It's, it really is. Even at 34 years of age, even at 34 and all the wear and tear that is on Russell Westbrook, if you look at his raw athleticism, it's, it's the reason why he was drafted as high as he was. 
the the raw physical talent that is still there. You can see it. Yeah. Good for him. I'm not interested in seeing it for any more games this series. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.